Good evening, Sportzonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live. We are back on our regularly scheduled day. Everything's back to normal here. We had a little one week blip due to scheduling conflicts, and that does happen. But we are recording live like we do just about each and every week here on the I 95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler here in a matter of moments. And we thank everybody for listening, no matter how you listen to us. Of course, this broadcast is rebroadcast and redistributed on all our various podcasting outlets. So thank you for listening to us, whether it is Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We always thank you for listening to us, no matter how you listen to us. And like I said, we got a good show for you tonight. Eric Tressler, Dave Hastings will be here in a matter of minutes. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, Let's be honest here. NBA free agents are really not too much going on. Since we last came to air last Thursday here, Luka Doncic signed his rookie max extension for five years over $200 million. First player who was eligible for that type of extension off of a rookie deal because he did make an all-NBA team two seasons in a row. And I believe he's only been in a year, two or three years. Anyway, we all know he's worth that. It's just insane to me to think that a rookie off his first extension gets that type of contract. That's just crazy to me. Even though I'm sure if you look back through history here, you know, most people who get the big extensions superstar-wise, they do wind up getting that after their rookie extension. So it's probably not that unbelievable. $200 million, that's a little... It's a brave new world, ladies and gentlemen. I will say that one. But uh, so we got that to talk about. Football-wise, we're going to start doing our uh, 2021 NFL preview. We're going to go division by division like we do just about every year here. We're going to do the uh, NFC and the AFC West tonight when Dave and Eric get here. We'll look at them. We'll do one division a week. Or, excuse me, one – well, it's technically two divisions, but, you know, per conference. So, anyway, we got that to talk about. Uh, I'm sure we will talk about baseball and Mets and Yankees. And I'm going to say this before Eric comes on, so I at least get to get this out. You know, for three months, it was really nice. Yeah, all right, the Mets being in first place, I'm the guy who kind of poo-pooed that just about every week, saying there's still problems on this team. There's still problems with this team. And all the problems have kind of come to the forefront over the last couple weeks. But was really nice over the last three, four months of the baseball season is because the Yankees were not doing as well as they were supposed to do, all the arrogant, obnoxious, cocky, asshole Yankee fans kind of had to shut their mouths for a little while. So you didn't really see them out in public much because of the team. Like, and truthfully, I, like I said this a few weeks ago, I didn't even think the team really sucked. They just weren't doing what they were supposed to do. Now, over the last couple weeks, the the Yankees had a big winning streak going, and the Mets, of course, have dropped six of their last seven games. (laughs) They've um, 
They lost three or four to the Marlins last week. They just got swept to the Phillies. So they're now two and a half games out of first place after being in first place for the better part of the last three months. The Yankees, like I said, actually go on the big winning streak. You get Joey Votto, you get Anthony Rizzo, things start going right for you. The ball starts bouncing your way. Now, all of a sudden, the cocky asshole, arrogant, obnoxious asshole. Did I say that twice? I don't care. Yankee fans, they all come out of the woodwork. They've been in hibernation, and now they all come out. It was nice to see them humbled a little bit, but now the 27 ring assholes are all back out. So we got that going for us. So I'm sure we will talk about that with Eric when he gets here in a little while. Um, I will say this. Uh, before Eric gets here and before Dave gets here, Dave going to be, I believe he's running a little late, but anyway, um, there is still a lot of this baseball season left to go, left to go. There is less than two months left in this season, which means if you look at the standings here and I'm going to pull up the standings here momentarily, just to see where we're at, we still have at least 50 games to go. Yes, for the Yankees, 50 games left to play. For the Mets, 51 games left to play. A lot can happen during that time. Truth is, the Yankees can do everything right for the rest of the season and still wind up missing the playoffs because they are currently six games out of the playoffs, and I am purposely saying that before I let Eric into the Zoom room. <laughs> yes, I know you're there. All right. So he's here, ladies and gentlemen. He is here. Once his audio comes on, I will give him his proper introduction. But he is here. I don't know what's going on with his audio, truthfully. But Eric Tressler is in the room. I don't know if he can hear me. There he is. Eric Tressler. How you doing, late man? Late man? I got caught. My tongue stumbled. Just go with it, God. Yeah, uh, All right. Here yeah. he is, late man. No, I. That's he not what I, I don't know what I was trying to say. Yeah, you know, you was on me. You go ahead. Here he is, late man. I mean, I you. I before your audio came on, you got a good introduction, but your audio was taking its time coming on. I, I listen. I can't argue that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Regardless yeah, of the I audio, I mean, I, I think fucked it was that a little up. bit of a little yeah. Bit of a, listen, so yeah, I fucked it up because I, I I review when you when you do the same. So I yeah, I do expect the same back in return. I told you, you I was your way. How you doing? Tell, I'm doing good. Let me tell you something though. On that subject, naps are awesome. Naps are no, wonderful. Naps are, naps are phenomenal if you remember to set your alarm. Yes, that's what I was saying before. Timing is everything. If the time is right, naps are the greatest thing on the face of the planet. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Sometimes naps can be terrible, though, because if you end oh, up yeah. sleeping through something, I mean, then you're like, oh, you know, it's hey, you hard know, to recover from a nap sometimes. Listen, listen, I know you got mad a couple times when that happened. Nobody gets madder at that shit when I, than I do, though. You know no, that. No, trust me, we were not mad, my friend. The, what, the oh, I saw the text. I the saw the text. Happened, there, was genuine, there was genuine concern the first time. The second Dude, time I, when we knew that's what happened, it was more just like laughing. <laughs> we were, 
it gets to a point though like we're pretty much like we'll give it like a solid half hour for mm. you but like, I appreciate that. creeping past that, then like you know, we got to think about pushing oh, the show to another day. You sure, know what I mean? yeah, of course, of course. Know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave can't always stay past eight and stuff, which we get. Of course. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll I mean, tell you this. Uh, I, I let I mean, me tell you, know, not to not to do a show just because of that too. So that's why. Oh, you know, we always that, try to we always try to make it work, and we try. Listen, I try to give you a call and be your wake up. <laughs> oh, you are, dude. Yeah. All three. Uh, it happened three times, right? It was either two or three yeah. times, right? Yeah. yeah. You, no, you were definitely the wake up all three times. Absolutely. I can give you credit on that. You were the wake up all three times. And I'm waking out of the stupor and I'm just like, hey, oh, fuck, shit. Uh, yeah, no. So I get you on that. But I will say this. First of all, nobody feels worse about that shit happening than I do for that exact reason. I know you guys were having fun because I saw the text. But let me tell you something. The first time that happened, I don't get a lot of text messages normally. I don't stay in touch with a lot of people. So a lot of people don't really try to get in touch with me. When I wake up and I got 24 text messages on my phone, I know something's fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But anyway, memes for me. The Homer meme was funny, though. The last time it happened with the Homer meme, that was yeah, funny. Yeah. I saw that after the show and I was just like, yeah, that that fits. I get I that. I send entirely too many memes in general, but I just. Oh, you absolutely do, think, but. I think they're funny, though. I can't help it. And if I think it's funny or I think we're going to get a kick out of it, then I'm going to send it off. But I mean, mm. just, you know, and you guys get all the sports related ones. I do have some that are non sports related, which are also funny. Mm. But I, I, don't, I don't always share those in that group message. But I do send an, uh, an, an abnormally, you know, an abnormal amount of of memes. <laughs> I'll just say yeah. So it's weird right now. I'm I'm te I'm writing. I'm saying this as I'm texting this. Schmo Rose is in the is in the waiting room. He's texting us saying he can't be in the show. I'm trying to hit the button to admit him, but it's not letting me hit it. And I'm trying to say this as I'm texting this. I don't really get what the hell's going on right now. But uh, yeah, all right. He's betting the super the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't get it. Just vamp, 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 vamp for me. Do like log out, log back again, try it again because there's got to be something wrong there. It's got to be something. Well, I don't. I, well, the by the text he sent us in the group chat, he's saying he's not going to be able to make the show anyway. So I, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that probably has something to do with it. But okay. I, I don't know. He's still showing up here. Either way, maybe he's just listening, but I don't know. I think you have to click him in to listen, don't you? I don't know. I've hit the button. Literally, I've hit the button 50 times over the last 30 seconds. So hitting the button right. isn't a problem. All right. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's well, let's we start off here. We might miss out on a little hockey. We might miss out on a little mm. hockey uh, talk tonight, though. Well, well I will. I will pass. I will pass along what Schmelrose said in the chat. Bet the Bills to win the Super Bowl. It's a lock. All right. Okay. We'll see on that one. Um, Bills to win a Super Bowl is definitely not a lock. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's there's nothing as that's long a lock. As Tom Brady is playing somewhere in the league. It's not a lock. <laughs> Well, I mean, sure, but I gotta be—I gotta be honest. I don't really think anything's a lock in the NFL, truthfully. I mean, even I though be honest, if you told me he was locking in the Bills for the AFC East, I could get on board with. Oh, that. sure, I could be sure. Like, you know yeah. what? 
you're going to tell me they they might end up being one of the top three teams uh, as well. I, I could even buy that. Super Bowl that, wise, I think it's a little different in terms of like locks. AFC I wise. think no, yeah, that's why I don't think. Yeah, I, yeah. Super Bowl wise, you can call them a lock because I look at teams mm-hmm. like Kansas City. I look at teams like Tampa. I look at there are other teams out there that can compete with the Bills right now. And the Bills are a great team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be very good again this year. Uh, and I, I think they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I just do not think they are that lock. That by saying now, maybe he's saying that in terms of maybe you get good value in betting them. Mm. Yeah, I haven't checked the value. Maybe there's value in betting the Bills now to win it all. And if that's the case, then I know he's always looking at those betting angles for us too. And maybe that's the advice he's trying to give us is you might get your best bang for your buck on a team that can really have a chance to win while still getting a little bit of money back on your return, you know, because I'm sure betting the Bucks or betting, you know, even Kansas City is probably like, you know, not that great, the odds coming back. So that maybe that maybe that's his motivation in, in picking the Bills, too. So um, mm. we'll have to wait, obviously, to hear from him on that. I know this week we're previewing the West. And I yeah, I, and actually I'm happy he started with the Bills because I'm not really impressed with the out West. Yeah, I'm not either, if I'm being honest here. But I tell you what, let's save all this for when Dave comes here. If you're like me, here's where I want to go, though, because if you're like me, you don't really think a lot has. Huh? Baseball? Well, I mean, we'll save that till the end. But, um, I mean, congratulations to you, Yankees, and everything. You're only six games back now. But anyway, um, this is a perfect time to talk a little. I don't want to talk. Well, no, 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 no. no. I got got something I want to start off with because here's the thing baseball, we usually save till the end anyway. Basketball, not really. We're not here, so we don't have to save. But hang on, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, please. Basketball, not a lot happened this week except Luka Doncic signed the big extension. You know what I want to start off with? Something you brought up at the end of last Thursday. Because you brought it up. I didn't even realize it was available. I want to, I, If it's okay with you, I would like to start with this. Uh, the Suicide Squad might be the best DCEU movie they've had yet. Um, it could be. I mean, it was very enjoyable. Like I said, oh, I loved it, dude. I loved it, man. I thought it was fantastic. I watched it right off. We right after we got off the air, you're gonna love this. So, I was actually watching HBO Max that entire day. I was re watching a show that you know I'm a fan of, and I'm not gonna say it, I'm sure you'll say it, but I was, I I just happened to feel like re watching a couple episodes. And I didn't know anything about it. And then you said the movie was coming out last week. So I went back to HBO Max. And now all of a sudden, Thursday night, this movie is available for me to watch right here. I loved that fucking movie. I thought it was fan-fucking-tastic. I agree. I I don't really have any criticism of it. I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, I I, I like James Gunn. I like what, what he does with these kind of movies. So... And it just seems like there's going to be more James Gunn coming in the future with DC. So it just makes you excited because, you know, if he put this project together, what else can he do with the rest of the property? So, 
you know, and more than likely Warner Brothers can be like, all right, what do you want to make next? They're not going to tell them what to make next. You know, they're going to be like, you got to make a suicide squad. They're going to be like, listen, you, you, you do what you want to do. <laughs> like, so he's going to have his run of the mill, whatever he wants to pick. And, you know, with his character development, with his storytelling, that pretty much he could bring any of these characters to life. And that, and that's the exciting thing. And that's, that's really what he's been able to do the best um, <laughs> so far is, you know, take lesser known, you know, Guardians characters, take lesser known, you know, with the, with the Suicide Squad characters and, you know, guys like Polka Dot Man who were a complete joke in the comics. And, he, really, um, he was so really, really good. You really end up feeling for him by you know by the end of the movie, and even even Starro, you you look at it and you're like, oh, this stupid creature, how's this thing gonna have it? Like, make me care about it. Like, you know who is the best? I, I'm sorry to that last line though. I mean, you know, you know, I I was just perfectly happy, you know, drifting, looking at the stars, you know, like it's you feel for it, like you know. So I I don't know. I feel I feel there's a lot to. Uh, to to unpack with this movie but i just think james gunn does a phenomenal job so i think the talent and the people he puts around him when he puts other creative minds around him like guys like taika watiti and Mm -hmm. and and people like that that i just think that the 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 creativity and stuff takes over and when studios allow them to to be that free and that creative good things happen so um i think it's really a positive step for dc and uh, it's going to be a sad day for Marvel when they lose a mind like his. Well, I tell you what, that the watching that movie definitely gave your theory from Thursday a little more credibility. I'll tell you who stole the show for me. Um, Ratcatcher 2. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was fucking phenomenal in that. I Danielle loved her. Melanie. Mel- I, I remembered the last name. Something I didn't like remember that. the something, first. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Something, I'm sure I'm butchering it. She was fucking too, but... awesome in that movie. She was phenomenal. And you know who the voice of King Shark was, right? Yeah, he was Sylvester Stallone. God loves Sylvester Stallone. I love Sylvester Stallone. Was he was awesome in it, too. Amanda Waller. Well, the guy, the big guy who is Amanda Waller's. Like, yes, uh, yes, yeah. Steve Agee. Yep. For Pink Shark. Yeah. So no, they was, played not, like two characters. And then, you know, I think, I think Taika Waititi in the small role he had was great. I think sure. John Cena was, was really good as well. I mean, I. Oh, I, you know I who the best was, though, right? You know who oh. the best was, though, right? Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell was phenomenal in that movie. Stringer Bell as. um. Oh, I don't remember the guy's name right now. Uh, oh, God. What what was his name? You know his name in the movie, right? No, I'm trying to think of which guy you're talking about. Stringer Bell. You know who Stringer Bell was. I'm calling him Stringer Bell because I've taken so much shit from you about liking The Wire that his name will forever be uh, Stringer Bell on this show because I just decided it a couple days ago. Um yeah, no, you know who I'm talking about when I say Stringer Bell. You know exactly who I'm talking about when I say Stringer Bell. I, I don't, I don't even... know that name. Idris Elba, god damn it! There you go. I, I did not know the... <laughs> Stringer, Stringer Bell! Bell. No. He will forever be known as Stringer Bell on this show. You could have played along with that. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Robert Dubois. That was his name. Oh, no, he was yeah, great he was, in that, yeah. He, he was great, and uh, it was a lot of foreshadowing, when you know, in the, in the first scene with him in... Uh, John Cena when they're talking about mm-hmm. John Cena's like I would use smaller bullets and then that's exactly what gets him in the end. I mean, there's just so he much was good. Like, symmetry, so much stuff that happens that like 
you don't even realize like you know ties in and comes full circle by the end it was really just a, a, a really good movie I, honestly i really don't have too much i mean unless you're just not like a gory person like janice just isn't a gory person so mm. like this movie to her regardless of how good it is how funny it is and whatever she just too can't much past that excessive violence and like mm. and it, it, she just can't do it she just mm. physically it's just not in her to do mm. uh, so it's just it's really kind of like a weird you know Mm. Weird spot. I, it's just I, I got you. I, I listen, I think it's I think it's a phenomenal movie. I think it ends up like if you want to rank it as the best DCU, you probably could. Um, I gotta rewatch I it again. Be, I gotta rewatch it again. You gotta go back up there. I, and from what I've heard, if when people rewatch it a second time, they still love it just as much as the first time, mm-hmm. if not more, because they know what to look for now, or they're looking for other things now, and this and that and the other thing. And like, you know, I I, I just. I don't think you can go wrong. So I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I don't know if I would necessarily put it as the number one DCU movie, but it's got to be minimum top three. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, what what are your top DC movies? It's like Wonder Woman is up there, the first one, and then what else? Like Aquaman was decent. Man of Steel was was pretty good. The um, Shazam was pretty good. Beyond that, I, I don't know. This one just stuck out to me. But we can put a pin in this conversation unless he wants to continue it because Dave Hastings is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Hastings, how you doing? I'm doing well. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm uh, going to have to ask you guys to put a pin in it because I'm definitely excited to see it. I, I, tried yeah. to get, I tried to get him to talk baseball first. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> Well, just so you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting on the convo for baseball, Mike. You missed your opportunity. Should have got it in. I mean, I don't – it's going to be – the baseball conversation is going to be Eric loving the way the last couple of weeks is going and me uh, basically saying what I've said all season has come to fruition. So I just – I want to know – all I want to know and all I really care about knowing, and I want David as a part of this conversation because I want to know. I took a lot of shit for about two months there while the Yankees were floundering. I didn't and give you shit. Then, and you and you and Cousin David, I didn't give you shit. wanted to talk baseball every night and baseball, baseball, baseball. Now, the last I couple st- weeks, the Yankees have been doing good, and I've been wanting to talk a little baseball. And every week it's been a little, well, oh, you know, I don't have that much to say. Oh, there's not much. What's going on? Wait, that is like, not true. Outside of the deadline, outside of the deadline, it's been awfully quiet as the Mets have gone down. We've had one show since the deadline. No, but I'm saying, like, other than that, like, <laughs> the rest of July, it's pretty much been downhill for the baseball talk because the Mets We've have been had... gone downhill since before. So that's all I wanted to say. That's all I really care about saying baseball-wise because Cousin David, I know he's in a move, and I know there's some reasons behind why he hasn't been with us and stuff. Mm-hmm. So by all means, it's Okay. But at the same time, it just seems awfully quiet from everybody out there now that the Yankees are back on track and the Mets are back where they belong. That's all I'm saying. Well, I will say this. First of all, the reason why I was holding the baseball talk for later is because if Cousin David is going to come on at all, he'll be here after 8 o'clock just because of work stuff. So that's number one. Number two, really? We've really shied away from baseball talk, and it's been less and less since – since July, I, I don't think that's a hundred percent true. And obviously oh, I was I was gonna I was you were gonna get your chance 
to talk about how good the Yankees have been doing because I am equal opportunity, if nothing else here. I may not spend as much time no, on my mess. I don't need to sit here and brag about how the Yankees are doing because I still think they're exactly where they were before. They still need sure. to finish the season strong. They sure. still need to make a run in the playoffs. And if they don't do that, Cashman and Boone should be gone. So, I mean, my yes. stance exactly yes. the same. hasn't changed. Yes. So, we don't really need to talk a ton of baseball today, especially mm-hmm. if you don't have a lot to say on the Mets. You know, I'm okay with that. What I am saying is I'm just like, you know, saying it. It's gotten awfully quiet around here. Don't I feel the same way. I know you usually back out on a baseball talk. But at the same time, do you do you get the sense it's gotten a little quiet around here? Go ahead. I, I mean, I, I've I've basically not been on for most of the baseball talks over the last couple <laughs> of weeks, so I can't really voice a strong opinion. Um, all I will say is Mike's talked less with them doing bad than he did when they were doing good, and even then he wasn't saying a lot, as in the Mets. I feel like I've been pretty consistent in my thoughts with the Mets through the through the course of the season, if we're being honest here. Even when they were doing quote-unquote well, I was still the one saying, hey, there's still some serious fleas on this team here. And these fleas, if they're not addressed here, they're going to bring the team down. And quite frankly, it's unfortunate but I do feel like the reasons why the team has kind of been going through this lull is because of the fleas I've been talking about for the better part of the season. So I just want to point that out. It's not exactly like I was beating my chest saying the Mets are doing all this great and everything. And Eric, I definitely don't feel like I was piling on you with the Yankees and everything. You know what I mean? I don't think you're saying that either. But if you feel like we've backed off the baseball talk over the last month, I, I don't necessarily agree with you on that one. That's all I'll say to that. All right. Listen, that's fair enough. That's all yep. I want to say. That was it. All right. That was really all I had baseball-wise. Let's go Yanks. Kicking ass, yep. taking names. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to drink that. So knock on wood here and let's keep him moving. There you uh, go. You want to bring up something NBA-wise? I mean, I can give two shits NBA-wise, well, but I know Luca just signed. That's the only thing really worthwhile to bring up NBA-wise, in my opinion. Luca signs the five-year Supermax extension over $200 million. First player since the CBA. No. That's what I wanted. Well, yeah, here's the only he's thing. It. He's worth it. As far as he is worth it. Go, you're going to sign. You're going to sign. Any team in the league would have paid that money to have Luka Doncic on their pit team. There isn't a team in the league that would have put that deal in front of Luka. Here's the only thing, though, because I don't disagree with you on that. It's just the fact that you got a rookie not even halfway through his rookie deal signing a $200 million extension. Yes, Luca is worth that, but it's still someone who's only been in the, year, the league two, three years. So it does kind of make you do a double take at first. The player, I agree with you, is worth it, though. Dave, go ahead. Well, I, I get where you're coming from, but you got to keep in mind he's been an he's been a phenom uh, in Europe since he was 16 years old. Sure. So I mean, yeah, he might have only been he's might only been in the NBA for a couple of years, but he's been playing professional basketball for five, you know almost six years now. Yep. So when it's really all said and done, he he's got enough of a track record to justify it. And when you really think about it. Most guys don't really hit their peak until they're 25, 26. So he's still got anywhere from three to five more years to get better. Uh, and that, that's a scary thought if you're the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the league. But if you're the NBA, you love this because now one of your biggest name players is a truly international player. Um, and, and it just gives you more more money across seas 
uh, and not just have it strictly be an American born and bred player that's, you know, from across seas that literally at this point in time, most people would consider probably a top five player. Yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, again, it's not the player himself for all the things you just mentioned and for what he's done in the NBA over the course of his very short career so far. I have no qualms about the player, and I don't have any qualms about the extension, truthfully, because he's worth it, as you guys both said. It's just when you hear guy's been in the league for three years, you take the context out, and he's getting $200 million, you do a little bit of a double take, and then you realize, yeah, the guy's worth it. And he's made the All-NBA team two years in a row. So absolutely, he's worth it. I'm just saying the principle of the thing. That's all I got to say. So any final thoughts, and then we can move on. Uh, if uh, Honestly, to me, I think the bigger question mark for Dallas isn't uh, this. It's what are they going to do with Porzingis moving forward? Like yeah, if, that you're looks, a, if you're a Mavericks fan. Right on the trash heap. That looks like long. You're not keeping him. You're not keeping him. Porzingis is an injury waiting to happen. And I think I think the Mavs have realized that. And I don't think – I think they even realize he's the wrong partner for, for Luka. So they mm. actually have to get rid of Porzingis so they can afford to bring somebody else in and actually partner Luka with a real star. I think the Knicks wind up looking real smart in hindsight for making that trade now. It wasn't well, exactly. They looked smart when they did it. <laughs> well, it wasn't. They looked it, smart when they did it. I feel like it was 50-50 in terms of the opinions on that because there still were a section of people out there saying, oh, Porzingis is going to be great next to Doncic. Now it's 100%. The Knicks look really smart on that deal. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I look, I'm sorry, Porzingis, uh, like Eric said, he's, a, he's an injury waiting to happen, and, and if there's one thing you can't do in New York, it, it's not show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that market was not right for him. Dallas might be a little bit more patient, but even with it, with Dallas, like he, Przingis thinks he, he should be the number one option on a team, and he's literally the only person in this world that thinks that. Yeah. Yeah, and injuries definitely, because we all know what he can do when he's healthy. He hasn't been that since, like, what, the first half of his rookie season? So, yeah. Trying to think yep. of a good landing spot for Porzingis. Like, where can Porzingis go and just, like, ride off into the sunset? I mean, I think, a, I think a funny spot would be Portland if you really want to piss off Damian Lillard. Well, I got one for you, too. I was going to say Sacramento. Well, I got one. I got one. Um, send him to the Pelicans. Let him play le- next to Zion. We'll see oh, how God, that works no. out. See how, <laughs> oh, see how that works see, out. See, I'm thinking Both of them of can't stand on the court. Put, I'm thinking it's more of a team that wants to put some kind of fans in the stands, but doesn't, isn't really like going to compete, where he could go and still feel like the number one. Mm. He's like the number one of of. Not very good. Not a very good team. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. Like a maybe Sacramento, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, like one of those places that like they just really want to have somebody that they can market out there. And Porzingis, somebody at least you can market and be like, oh look, we got Porzingis. Like you know, hey, come check out the the uniform. You know, blah blah blah. And maybe you feel like you can market him a little bit and get a couple fans in the stands. And he could feel like a number one there, but in reality, they're going to win 30 games and suck. If that. 
Yeah, that that would. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I think we all can agree that our opinions of Porzingis are low enough that he's already gotten enough time on the show. (laughs) Yeah, we can move on. I agree with that. All right. You guys want to start the NFL 2021 Sports Zone preview of the 2021 NFL season. We are starting with the Western Divisions, AFC and NFC. So to break down. Mike, not to cut you off. Go ahead. But we officially now have to refer to the NFL season as the 2021-2022 NFL season because the last regular season game will be played in January. So they they have officially joined the NBA, the NHL, with having the ability to say we are in the 2021-2022 season. I I I hated it when I first heard it. I hate saying it out loud, but... I felt like you guys had to cringe with me, so I had to say it. Well, if you're going to be honest, you could always kind of say that because the playoffs actually happen in the following year. But, yeah, now the fact that you got to say. That's always been a pet peeve of mine in trivia places, and I <laughs> fucking I nail them to the wall every time because they always ask, who won the Super Bowl in the year, you know, 2020 or whatever. But really, yeah. they mean who won the Super Bowl the year of February, you know, in February of 2020, not really for the it's, 2020 it's, season. It's the 2020 a giant season, pain in the, the Super ass. Bowl is actually in 2021. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I always have to go up there and correct these dumbasses because I always put the right answer and they always tell me I'm wrong. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. Here's why. And then I get them to correct the answer. Like, they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, you're an idiot. Like, fix this. Okay, yeah, I have, I have no you doubt you do sports. that. Yeah. I have no doubt you do that. They see you coming and they're just like, all right, fine, just give it to them. This is going to be an hour-long conversation. Just give it to them. You are. I spent over a year and a half hosting trivia, and Eric, it was people like you that made me hate hosting trivia. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm there to win, baby. And I'll be honest, nobody won more than us. We won. We won, baby, in spades. That's why they ended up getting rid of it on Monday nights. Because it was almost like we won like one time, like eight weeks in a row, nine weeks in a row. It's crazy. It's mm. awesome. I would take you guys in movie trivia. If it was movie trivia, y'all would so, want well, me on your team. It was just general trivia. It was general yeah. trivia overall. And sure. It's just kind of. Kind of a forte of, my, mm. of mine, and I found a couple other people who were really good at it, and then we just went and crush it. But anyway, mm. back to sports. So yeah. All right. So we're doing the AFC and the NFC Western divisions. You look at how these divisions fared last year. In the AFC, you had the Chiefs with a fourteen and two record. Obviously, they lost in the Super Bowl last year. The Raiders at eight and eight. Chargers at seven and nine. Broncos at 5-11 and 11 were all pulling up the rear. None of them made the playoffs. NFC West is always a tightly contested division. The Niners were undone by injuries last year for the most part. 6-10 and 10 record. The Cardinals, growing season for Kyler Murray. We all know that guy is going to be a star. Still an 8-8 eight and eight team. Rams and the Seahawks both made the playoffs. Seahawks winning the division at 12-4. and four. And the Rams at 10-6. and six. Made one of the wild card spots. Um, I'll let you guys go here, but I'm going to be honest, and I can't remember which one of you guys. I, Eric, it was you. I don't really feel like any of these divisions have done anything in the offseason to really make you feel like there's, you know, outside of the Chiefs with Mahomes, 
they're always going to be a threat to go to the Super Bowl. They're always going to be considered one of the best teams in the AFC. But you look at the other teams in these divisions here, and I don't really feel like any team has done anything to really put themselves on the map and really stand out in a big way. So, Dave, actually, I'll start with you on that one. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at these two divisions, I'll start with the AFC West. I think we all expect Kansas City to win that division again. Um, You know, they made their moves to shore up the offensive line and add a little bit more talent there from what they lost last year. We all probably agree that that was probably their number one undoing in the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl was missing both their starting tackles. Um, Yep. Yep. I think I think Mahomes ran over 400 total yards that game, even though he really only had like eight yards actually rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look at Kansas City, I think you're, they're your clear favorite. I think you're going to see Justin Herbert in San Diego make a big jump. If Keenan Allen can stay healthy, I think they're they're due to have a really big season together. But Outside of Keenan Allen and I think the running back Eckler, I think that's his name. Yes, Austin Eckler. Yes. I mean, outside of that, there's really not much firepower in, in with the Chargers that scares you. Defensively, there's not much that scares you. So, uh, I think the Chargers are going to really be banking on Herbert playing out of his mind to even be in contention. So, I, I no disrespect to Herbert, I think he has the potential to be a great quarterback. I just don't think he's at the point where he can literally put his team on his shoulders and carry them there. Um, you look at the Raiders, there's nothing about the Raiders that really scares you. Um, they're a decent team. They're a team that's going to win some games they shouldn't win, but they're also going to lose some games they shouldn't lose. So you'll probably see them around the 500 mark, maybe a little bit under if the ball bounces their way the right way a couple times, maybe a little bit over. Uh, but I don't see them being a playoff team. Um, and then you got the Broncos. They, they don't really have a quarterback. They, they really have no weapons. They really like Von Miller coming back and playing like, yeah, that'll help their defense a little bit. They, I hate to say this out loud because it still bothers me, but they got the Sertan in the draft. Um, (laughs) So I think you're going to see a team that, that relies heavily on running the ball and defense. And yeah, that, that, that's not a bad strategy, but you still got to be able to score at least 21 points a game. And I don't know if they have enough talent to be able to do that. So I really think it's the Chiefs division to run away with. The NFC West, though, I think all four teams have the potential to make the playoffs. Um, you know, the Cardinals adding A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. Did they really get that much better? I, I don't know if I can say that. You got two older guys both having issues with injuries over the last couple of years, but also – new places to be AJ Green's never played on the opposite side of a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins so what can that do for him um you know is Larry Fitzgerald going to come back I I still don't think it's been made official one way or the other um you know so like I, I that's an interesting team to me um defensively they're they're always tough that Buda Baker Eric do you know what college he went to I don't expect you to but do you happen to know Is that Eric still there? I don't he's, know. I don't. He's still there, but he, he might be on mute. Or um, now I'm here. I was actually. I know he went to a big school, but I'm trying to think of where. I think. Oh yeah. He, or no, no, he went to. No, no, he wasn't SEC. He went to uh, Washington, Washington Huskies. Okay. So, <laughs> so like he was that, Pac-12, that kid, Pac-12, Pac-12. Yeah, that that kid is going to be some special in his career. Um, him with Tyron Matthew, like. 
or Mathu, sorry. Um, like I, I think Arizona he's from has, LSU. He's yeah, from LSU. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I think they have a very interesting team that can be good. I think if JJ Watt and AJ Green's both can play a full season, you're going to look at that team as fighting for a wild card. Um, you look at the Rams. I think they upgraded going from Stafford to Goff. If you ask me right now, who would I rather have for the next three years? I'm going to take Stafford over Goff. I think he just brings more to the table. Um, so him with Sean McVay, plus we know that defense with Aaron Donald, who is literally the best player in the NFL when it comes down to overall talent, I think. Um, so I, they're going to be competitive, but I don't know if what we've seen over the last year or two with them has been more teams catching up to what Sean McVay is doing on offense or what. Um, so they're, they're an interesting team to me. Um, you look at the 49ers, to me, I think you see uh, Trey, uh, Trey Lance. Is that who they Yes, took? yes. I think you see Trey Lance. If he's not starting week one, he could, be, he could be starting by like week four or five from the things I'm seeing uh, from the beat writers that follow San Francisco. People are saying he looks way better than Jimmy G in camp. Um, so if that's the case, you might see him start in week one if he really shows up and shows out in preseason. Uh, we, you literally could be looking at a Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn type of situation in San Francisco. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, that, that to me could be the biggest issue they could deal with outside of injuries. Uh, but if that team can stay healthy, they got talent on both sides of the ball and they could compete to win that division, in my opinion. Um, but Seattle to me is still the favorite in that division. Russell Wilson, Ty, uh, Lockett. Uh, DK Metcalf, the defense got a little bit better. The offensive line got a little bit better. They're getting the running back back. Um, uh, uh, Chris Carson, uh, that might not be the guy I'm thinking of, but they're getting the running back, running four back together. The O line's gotten a little bit better. Um, I think so. I think Seattle's the team to beat in that division. So definitely going to take Seattle and Kansas City as my favorites. Um, and I, I think you're, you're going to be looking at some really big numbers for not just Russell Wilson, uh, but I think you could see some good numbers out of Stafford. I think you could see um, some good numbers from San Francisco's defense. Uh, yeah, like just kind of on like a fantasy perspective wise, that, that's, that's where my thoughts kind of fall with those two divisions. All right. Eric, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to give you a, a rundown here because like I talked about it. I don't have, like, too much craziness for you guys. Mm-hmm. No tinfoil so hats? Here's, no, no tinfoil hats here. I mean, I really, it's it's the West, and I maybe it's because I don't see enough of them because they're out West, and I only catch what I catch on Red Zone. I, I don't know from the 4 o'clock games. I'm just not a West Coast guy. I'm not high on them this season, although I do think Seattle's going to repeat in the West or uh, win the NFC West, I should say. Um, I think the Rams and the Cardinals kind of looking to fight it out for middle of the pack there with San Fran coming in last because they got a quarterback battle there right now, and I don't think either of them are very good. So um, I don't think they have an answer. I don't, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be the answer at QB, and, and Garoppolo is, is a man who's, who's a little jaded right now because he's got to compete for his job. So I, I don't look at that as a very good – situation right now in San Francisco. So for that reason, I'm going to put them at the back of the pack. I think Russell Wilson, it's it's time for him to either step up again or, or step out because this, the NFC is really there for the taking this year, in my opinion. 
Um, outside of Tampa Bay, who you look at as a team that's going to be there, uh, Green Bay, like I told you, I don't have any faith in Rodgers this year whatsoever. I, don't, I know he's there. I know he'll probably put up his numbers and have a good year. But as far as giving a shit, I think his giving a shit in Green Bay is out the window. So, like, I, I just don't see You're that. in the NFC North right now, Eric. I, I get that. I get that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm tying that into the NFC West, saying that oh, I think okay. Seattle can actually compete, and that Russell Wilson can make a run this year. He's still young enough. He's still good enough. They have talent around him. He can. He, he should be able to do something with this team, and, and his time is now, especially to get out of the NFC. That that that's just the way I feel anyway. So. Um, Really, that's all I got. I don't think the Rams or the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. And if they do, it'll probably be in that last new seventh seed. Like, I, I really just don't see that. I see them both as around 500 teams. I don't think the Rams really improved that much um, at all, really getting trading for Stafford. I actually don't understand that move whatsoever, to be honest with you. And mm. Arizona just seems like a place that, you know, some guy like J.J. Watt, you know, oh, it's a nice retirement place to go play out the last few years. You know, it seems nice. He's played with D-Hop before. They, you know, they have a good time, but they don't win anything. So I'm not anticipating that that move is going to go out there and be a winning move for that organization. So that all being said, I just look at it as Seattle and, and Bust pretty much there as far as uh, coming out and really having any kind of contention. And you, you look at the uh, AFC West, and it's the same thing, Kansas City. Kansas City's a team. Denver, they, they still don't like their quarterback. They still want somebody else. So they're, they're not happy. The Raiders, I mean, they they just don't see – like, Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback. They just don't seem to put together winning seasons. So uh, maybe another year with some of their young talent, but I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Josh Jacobs get to have some off-the-field issues this year? I think he got busted for, like, a DUI in the offseason. Could be wrong about that, but I feel like I heard something Who is about that? that. Who is that? Uh, they're, they're running back, uh, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. It sounds vaguely familiar. I'm not sure. I, Eric, I do think you're right. I'll look, yeah. keep talking. So, I'll double check it for you. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's right. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, when you're looking at young talent, I mean, are they really maturing? Are they going to progress? Like, to me, guys getting DUIs in the offseason doesn't tell me maturity is happening. So, I still worry a little bit about the Raiders. And, honestly, I think the Chargers um, are a team that, as last year went on and um, I was doing that fancy football thing in the mornings with, with uh, Schmel Rose and Chad and got to like look at Justin Herbert a little more, understand him a little more, look at his numbers, look at the way he was building rapport with that team. And I think that's a team actually that could be like the Buffalo Bills were, where the Buffalo Bills kind of came up with Josh Allen and started surprising some people. I think the Chargers could start surprising some people this year. Um, I think Justin Herbert could make, that leap to being a really good quarterback in this league. And with that said, I think they could be fighting for a wild card spot, but let's be honest, the chiefs are winning this division shy of Mahomes going down with a catastrophic injury. So I, that's just the way I see it. I think it's pretty cut and dry. You got Seattle and you got the chiefs and then you got maybe the chargers and maybe the Rams coming in for a playoff spot. You know, but it would be that—that'd be it. That's what you're looking at. Well, Eric, <clears throat> first of all, I totally agree with Eric. The Stafford for Goff, for Goff thing, given what the Rams had to give up, yeah, I, that deal didn't make a lot of sense to me either. So I'm with you on that one. But um, 
we can kind of start putting um, records to this here because I don't really have too much more to say than what you guys have said here. It's the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Everything else, everybody's just hoping they can do well enough to get to the wild card. And at the end of the day, Denver, they, like you said, they don't believe in their quarterback. They brought Teddy Bridgewater in. They don't think Drew Locke's the guy for the future. They, they still got a decent defense. But what they're doing on offense ain't even close to be able to sustain what the defense is doing. So you got that there. Oakland, I like David Carr. I think your assessment of him as a quarterback, I agree with you on that. But unfortunately, John Gruden has not been able to recreate any of the magic that he had in his first run with Oakland. So I put them at the bottom. San Diego with Justin Herbert still has some you know, hope for the future. They have a new coach, so they have a lot going for them there. If I got to put records on this, I have, and let me just say this, putting these records down on paper with 17 games just feels so fucking weird to me that one game just completely throws me off. But I have the Chiefs at 14 and three, San Diego at nine and eight, Oakland at seven and 10, and Denver at seven and 10. And then you go to the NFC, Seattle, I have winning the division at 11 and six. I'm going to save my comments on Green Bay for when we get to the NFC North because I'm going to completely go against what Eric is saying there, and y'all can see I, that's not – I just gave it all up right there. I don't care. Y'all know where well, I'm going with that now. you going to pick Green Bay to win the division? Oh, I'm picking Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl, motherfucker. I'm saying they're going to the you Super Bowl, and I do not care. Do not. Yes, I am a silly bastard, and I am a proud silly bastard, and I'm going with Green Bay to the Super Bowl. And I don't care. But anyway, that's not the point. We're talking about the NFC West here. Seattle. Uh, remember that four weeks from now. When we're I will. Predictions. I absolutely will. Yes, sir. All right. Seattle at 11 and 6. Um, okay. St. Louis and Arizona, I have tied at 9 and 8. Uh, Arizona is on the come up here. And it's funny because you look at them and I feel like. Half of the team is these young budding stars, and then the other half of the team is the expendables of the NFL. We talked about that with the Lakers in the NBA last week, bringing A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. And correct me if I'm wrong, we still don't know if Fitzgerald's coming back this season, right? There has been no official statement from my knowledge. So, yeah, you still have that very veteran vibe with half this team. And you have the the young guys on the other half of it. I don't know what to make of Arizona, so I'm putting them tied with St. Louis at nine and eight. Maybe one of them makes the wild card. I don't know. We'll see what happens when we get through the rest of this whole thing. San Francisco, whether it's Jimmy G, whether it's Trey Lance, I think if I, I, unfortunately if Jimmy G plays bad enough and the team is losing, they're going to go with Trey Lance. But I don't think Trey Lance is ready to start this season at any point this season. I got to be honest there. So I'm putting San Francisco best case scenario is seven and ten. So that's what I got record wise. Dave, you want to start with the records? Sure. Um, all right. So Kansas City, I'm going to go fourteen and three. The Chargers, I'm going to go with eight and nine. Okay. Denver, I will put at 7 and 10. And Oakland, I'll put at 6 and 11. Oh, you got Oakland behind Denver, huh? 
Okay. Yeah, I, I like Denver's defense better. Okay. Uh, Go ahead for the NFC. NFC West. Put me with Seattle and San Francisco, both at 13 and 4. Wait a minute, what teams? Seattle and San Fran, 13 and 4, with Seattle wow. taking the division. Wow. Okay. Give me uh, the Rams at. Yeah, this extra game really fucks it up. Really makes it. It's really Doesn't confusing. it? Doesn't it? Um, you're spot on with that, Mike. Uh, Thank you. Um, give me the Rams at nine and eight. And then give me. Oh, what do I want to do with them? <laughs> give me, give, give me, give me, uh, give me the Cardinals at eight and nine. Okay, San Francisco at thirteen and four, huh? That's the one that stands out to me. I, I'm sure it does, but I'm telling you, if this team stays healthy, they're, they 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 were literally in the Super Bowl two years ago, and they injuries were. is all that stopped them from being competitive. All right, Eric, what you got? Uh, you could go ahead and um, just to be slightly different from you two, give me Kansas City at thirteen and four. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Give, give me. Uh, I I think that the Chargers are going to go ten and seven. Um, and then Oakland and Denver both at eight and nine. Okay. That's definitely slightly different. I'll give you that. And then uh, I'm thinking NFC. We're going to go with Seattle. Since you guys keep going, what, 11? Oh, no. Dave went 13 and 4. And I went 11 and 6. 11 and 6. So you know what I got to do then? I got to cut the difference and go 12 and 5. No doubt. And then uh, we're going to say after that, give me the Rams at 10 and 7. Give me, uh, give me, we know San Fran's coming in last. We're going to put San Fran at seven and 10. Give me Arizona. (laughs) Give me Arizona at nine and eight. All right. So outside of the top two teams in the NFC West, Apparently, me and Eric both agree on Arizona and San Fran. So, all right. Eric, do you want to respond to Dave going 13-4 uh, and four on the Niners? I think he's, I think he's equally as silly. I think it's, it's just uh, – I don't even know where you see that. I think that there, there's a better chance of it going the other way and them being 4-13 and 13 than there is a chance of them going 13-4. and four. They were literally in the Super Bowl two seasons ago. They don't <laughs> have that same, same magic right now. Same coaching staff. They don't have Outside that same magic right now. Year, like, what is different? Well, I, I will say this to, to Dave's credit here. It's the same coaching staff. It's the same people. And it's the NFC West. The NFC West is always dogfight. So anything truly can happen in that division. Like there's not much that uh, of a difference 
between the NFC West and the NFC East, and that all those teams always wind up being hyper-competitive with each other. So, obviously, I don't agree. I'm not going to stand here and be like, it's completely out of the realm of possibilities. I think competitive division, if you ask me. If you have a team of 12 and 5, 10 and 7, and 2 and uh, 8 and 9, or, uh, eight and nine, or 9 and 8, you know, I, uh, or, you know, uh, well, and then even 7 and 10, or 7 and 10, I mean, they're, they're all teams that are winning games. You don't have anybody going over. I think it's a sure. pretty competitive division. Everybody within five games of each other. But just by just by you saying that though, just by you saying that though, thirteen and four, yeah, you and me maybe think it's unrealistic. It's not entirely out of the realm of the possibilities if we're giving the fact that the entire division is hyper competitive with each other, and that's six games of the whole schedule right there. No, I get you, but that's just yeah, where yeah. we differ from Dave is that Dave thinks that they're going to be hyper competitive towards the top of the division. We think they're going to be hyper competitive, or at least I think they're going to be hyper competitive towards the bottom of the division. Mm. I don't think that they're going to be one of those teams who ends up edging out those wins. I think they're going to be one of those teams taking those like close losses this year. Well, I mean, I put seven and ten, so obviously I agree with you on that one. But Dave, you want a final point there? Hey, all I'm saying is that team stays healthy. They're the top rushing offense in the NFL maybe right behind Baltimore, and they have a top 10 defense. You give me those two things, I'm making the playoffs and can make a push for a Super Bowl. Mm. And I will say this, in the defense of the silly bastards, I just want to point out that my idol growing up, one of my idols growing up, was a guy who said that it was his job to stand around and point out goofy shit. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I feel sorry for both of you. Do you know who I'm talking about? Nope. Eric? No. George Carlin, goddammit. Greatest stand-up comedian of all time. No, no, he's a great stand-up comedian. I just don't remember that line specifically. It's from 1977. Yeah, I don't remember it specifically, but he is phenomenal. Mm, Yes. He said it in uh, the first HBO stand-up he ever did. My job is pointing out goofy shit. So, yes. All right. Anyway... Does anybody have anything else football they want to bring up this week? I just hope that every team comes out of the uh, their first preseason game healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I know there have been a, a number of outbreaks during certain training camps, certain teams' training camps. It's, it's going to be an interesting season to watch. Did any? I did not get a chance to see any of the Hall of Fame festivities here. Um I don't know if you guys have any thought on it. Uh, I Did Jimmy Jones actually induct Jimmy Johnson into the Hall of Fame? No, Jimmy Jerry Jones said that he was going to put uh, Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. Yeah, I heard that, but ESPN kind of made it sound, and I don't know if it was just the way I was reading it, that he inducted him. So he didn't actually give the speech. Oh, okay. Troy right. Aikman did. Oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yes. Eric, I know you disagree, Dave. I think you disagree. Y'all know Jimmy Johnson, Hall of Famer in my mind. Absolutely. Y'all can say what you want about my criteria for Hall of Fame because obviously it's a lot different than yours. Jimmy Johnson belongs in the Hall of Fame, so it's great to see him there. 
Yeah, I won't disagree with that, but I'm a mm-hmm. Cowboys fan, so he's the, he's the only guy that ever gave me a Super Bowl during my lifetime. Because yeah. any any real Cowboys fan knows Barry Switzer was basically just sit, sitting there playing coach, but it was Jimmy Johnson's team that won it. For sure, for sure, and it's nice to see the situation between Jerry and Jimmy finally thawing. Hopefully, he gets inducted into that Ring of Honor within the next couple of years. Because we all know he belongs in that Hall of Fame or the it's, Ring of Honor. A, excuse me. It's amazing what old age does when giving you perspective, my friend. And the fact that you haven't done anything in the 30 years since he's left you as the coach. But yeah, no, honestly, dude, the best part of the Hall of Fame festivities was probably Peyton Manning's speech. I thought Peyton was hysterical as usual. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that's probably what I would say. The game was pretty boring. Steelers won. Uh, Steelers look better too. Uh, their backups and backups, you know, second and third and fourth stringers. Uh, the Steelers look better. They didn't just win because it was like, oh, it's preseason. Who cares? They look like a better team. Um, so, other than that, though, Peyton Manning's speech was probably the best one. Palomalo uh, had some good things. And, uh, yeah, outside of that, I think the only thing uh, that I thought was interesting is the, the upcoming uh, inductee class and everybody's dropping Tony Romo's name as his first availability. And I'm like, if you, whether you're a Cowboys fan or not, yeah, if you think no. Tony Romo's getting in this on the first ballot, you are out of your damn mind. No. He is, he is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He most likely won't And your one person mentioned Tony Romo, by the way. So, I mean, oh. you must run in some Cowboy circles or something because that is just not a name I heard bantied about whatsoever. Oh, every single uh, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, NBC Sports, Fox One Sports, ESPN. They're all all idiots. Are they all on their Twitter accounts? They all made sure to list Romo's name as one of the uh, first. It's all clickbait. It's all clickbait. Yeah. But if you think, yeah, I'm just saying, if you think Romo's a first ballot Hall of Famer, you're out of your fucking mind. And honestly, I don't think he gets into the Hall of Fame unless it's as a broadcaster. He doesn't he, get it. Listen, there's no chance in hell Romo gets in before Eli. Even I cannot stand here and say that Tony Romo is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Even I cannot do that. So that should say all that needs to be said right there. So, Eric, what did listen, you think? I, I, oh, I, I listen, what, I, what I'll take away from this this weekend was some of the funny shit I was sending to you guys. I mean. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, him being there was, you know, interesting and special. But I mean, then some of the things I was reading, you know. Can you tell me, can you, I'm sorry to cut you off. Can you tell me what, what did Peyton, what was the shot he took at Tom Brady in his speech? Because like I said, I didn't get to see these. I don't know. You'd have to ask Dave. I I, I don't remember Peyton's speech Uh, like that. The the big one that's been getting attention is that he was making fun of how the, Hall of Fame speech, uh, they were restricting him to six minutes. So he said by the time Tom Brady gets inducted in 2035, um, he's going to have to just post his Hall of of Fame speech on his Instagram account. Nice. Nice. All right, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. Hello? Oh, did I get... You got Eric on mute right now, so do what? Do I really? How do I have Eric on mute? No, I didn't no, touch anything. You muted him. Oh. He might be talking to his wife. I, I mean, look. I'm oh, that's fair. All right, because I was gonna say I didn't even I didn't even have Zoom up. Yeah. yeah. So no, you're good. Uh, All right. 
but yeah, that, that was the biggest one gaining traction. And then the other thing was Brady saying that the only reason he went was he had to make sure. Peyton can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. All right. I don't know what happened there. So I didn't do, I didn't do anything. I didn't even have the thing on zoom. So either way though, I don't have much more to say other than like, I was just enjoying some of the memes and stuff. I was sending you guys. Did you guys see that really? Did I send you a creepy one of like Tom Brady and Tony Dungy? Like, yeah, I, don't know, like I feel like you did. Yeah. What? Where it looks like a tree's growing out of his head. Sure. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I send you guys so much crap. Anyway, <laughs> I, just, I just enjoy the Tom Brady and all that, all that fun stuff, you know. Oh, I mean? is that like, what it is? Oh, I'm just seeing this now. Oh, okay. That's okay. I'm just what getting the full cut. With a tree growing out of somebody's head? Well, it's Joe Rogan. It's Joe Rogan at the top saying, oh, yeah. "Have you guys ever tried DMT?" And oh, then yeah, Brady yeah, yeah, and cool. Dungey going, "Just keep smiling, Tony." The interdimensional elves warned us about this. Yeah. <laughs> If you look, it looks like they're cracked out of their minds right now. They kind of do, they're, yeah. Like, they look like they're fucking like, uh, they look like they're tweaking. They don't look, they don't look quite right in that picture, if you ask me. That's why I, I don't know. I just found that stuff funny. But yeah, no, mm. Tom Brady showing up, I thought was classy. But at the same time, I'm sure he just wanted to make sure Peyton was really done. You know, that's all he really cared about. He wanted to put the nail, make sure the nail was in the coffin, and the coffin was six feet under. The bust was up in the room. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, so I, I, I thought it was great. It was well-deserved for Peyton. Um, I, I see something that, did Edger and James go in too? Yeah. Yeah, apparently he has gold teeth now. And, well, not only that, but apparently I think he's the first person in the Hall of Fame with dreadlocks. I see him, I think, post something about that, about him saying something that, like, now when kids go there that, look like him they'll feel represented too something to that effect yeah i feel and, like and mike, he, mike he doesn't have gold teeth now he came out and said i started with gold teeth i started my career with gold teeth and i'm ending my career with the gold jacket oh okay that's what it was yeah all right i stand corrected i apologize i feel like he's not i want to say he's not the first person inducted in the hall of fame with dreadlocks but the only person coming to my mind is Ricky Williams, and we all know he didn't make the Hall of Fame. So maybe he is. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. You'd, you'd have to go back and fact check me, but I'm pretty sure I think he either tweeted something out about it or he was excited about it, I think. And then, listen, gratefully, he should be. You know, for a little while there, for a couple of years, he was a really good back in the league. And, you know, um, kind of that trio of him and Peyton and Marvin Harrison were – were pretty dangerous there for a while yeah. in, in, in Indy. So, I mean, as far as running backs go, he, he, he probably deserves it. So I can't, I can't knock it. I gotta be honest. He had longevity and he had consistency. So I could definitely give him that. And I'll tell you guys this. I feel like I've said this before on the show, but I'm going to say this again, Eric, were you finished by the way? I don't want to cut you off. No. Yeah, I'm good. Like I said, I don't have a ton on the whole thing. Okay. So my game first sucked. game sucked, not just because yeah. the two teams in it, but because the actual game itself sucked. I have a question so. for you guys about that in a second, but I want to say this first. My, um, my first year doing fantasy football, I traded Edron James, Tory Holt and David Boston 
for Marvin Harrison and Sean Alexander. And my team beat the team that had Peyton Manning and Steve McNair at quarterback during the year where they won co-MVP. So that's how I always remember Edron James. I traded him for Sean Alexander, and I beat the shit out of the team that had the co-MVPs of the league that year. Just wanted to say that. I'm sorry. I know nobody cares did about that. Did you win the me. championship? Or- I did. I did. Okay. I won the championship. Yes. Sean Alexander, Jamal Lewis, Marvin Harrison, and Heinz Ward. That was Is my that big your four. Only fantasy football championship. I've won five fantasy football championships. Thank you very much. But I haven't won any since 2014. So that's why I made the comparison of myself because that's the last fantasy championship I've won. I've made the comparison that I'm kind of like Brian Cashman right now. Okay. No, yeah. All right. Maybe. I have a question. Yeah, a little bit because I mean, yeah, it's not it's not 11 or 12 years like it's been for Cashman, but you know, I had a lot of success early on, and now you're just trying to adapt to this brave new world. So that's how I feel. But anyway. Uh, that's not important. I know it's not important. I'm sorry to have brought that up. But anyway, um, I have a question for you guys. This Hall of Fame game is always the first preseason game. Every preseason. And to me, they want to make it, they market it like it's a big deal. But we all know that that Hall of Fame game doesn't mean a goddamn thing. The starters don't even play like more than one series. And then like Dave said, you're on the fourth and fifth string guys just hoping to make the roster. Do you think if they move the Hall of Fame ceremony and the Hall of Fame game to some point in the middle of the season, it would have more importance? Either one of you guys. No, this but, game sucks. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it sucks. To me, if you want to make the Hall of Fame game important, then ha- have, the NFC, have the NFC and AFC championship games be played before Hall of Fame induction. Oh, I like that. Like, ha- or like, ha- like, or have the Super Bowl where both conferences are represented. Like, do something like that because this game is pointless. The, the Pittsburgh and Dallas are going to be the only two teams in the league that play four preseason games. Um, it, it just it, the Hall of Fame game isn't what the NFL tries to make it out to be, but it's. I think the only thing that really matters is for the kid, the guys that play in the game. Mostly starters Does don't play at all. It matter to them because they don't play. The well, he's talking about the guys on the bottom part of the ninety-man roster. The guys trying to make the fifty-three man. That's what Dave's talking about. Yeah, I don't I'm give saying. a shit about seeing those guys. Let them work that shit out in practice. That's his point, though. That's the only one those games matter to. It doesn't matter to us as watching it as fans. It matters to those guys because they're fighting for roster spots, which you're right. They don't need to be doing it in a Hall of Fame game. They don't need to be doing it at all. Like, well, preseason's kind of bullshit do. anyway. Preseason's bullshit anyway. You really need, like, two ramp-up games to get the starters going, and that's about it. And be done with it. Like well, it's a joke. The whole pre, the, this whole thing is a joke. Well, you do need to have the guys competing for roster spots because people have to fill up their fifty-three men. But anyway, 
Yeah, but Dave, you go ahead. in practice. Why do I got to watch it on a Saturday night? Okay, that's all I'm saying. I get that. That's Why fine. Why do I got to sell shitty fine. tickets that still cost the same amount as going to a regular season yeah, game? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you got to buy them and yeah. go to a preseason game to not see any starters. But it, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit and it's bad for you. That's the name of a George Carlin stand-up. Yes, that's true. Dave, go ahead. Uh, look, honestly, the Hall of Fame game is about publicity and it's about the Hall of Famers. And if that's going to be the case, then at least let a game that matters or that has an impact be played. So I'm not saying move the games to a neutral site. I'm just saying, like, why don't you just say, hey, AFC Championship game, every Hall of Fame inductee gets is go, goes there and during halftime gets recognized. And then, you know, the week, the week of the Pro Bowl, they, they go to camp. Play the Pro Bowl if fucking can. Instead of a preseason game, play the pro yeah. bowl of can, and then let yeah. the guys get inducted after the game. It would actually make people watch the pro bowl for other than you know cosmetic reasons. So I give I'm you that. Saying, you, you kill two horrible birds with one stone. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about the pro bowl. Nobody cares about the pre, uh, the hall of fame game. Make the pro bowl the hall of fame game, and then play it on a Friday or a Saturday. Have the guys get inducted on a Sunday and be done with it. That actually makes the most sense out of any anything we've talked about here. Make the Pro Bowl game the Hall of Fame game. I like that because then you have everybody from across the league, at least in theory, before everybody opts out. But still, yeah, that makes sense. I agree with you there. All right. Any other final football thoughts? Nothing? Uh, uh, no, I don't think I got anything. I mean, Saquon back, is back in training camp. Still don't know if you start in week one, so that's good to see. I mean, tearing your ACL and what he did sucks, and it takes a long time to get back, so it's good to see him back. It shouldn't take that long, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. If it takes him till week three to come back because they want to hold him out to be extra safe, this team starts off 0-2, 0-3, it's done. You can't do that. In a year that's a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones and a make-or-break year for a lot of people around there, including Saquon Barkley himself, if I'm him, if I'm his agent, if I'm the team, I don't know anybody. Why would you want to hold him out? Like, tell me the reasoning. Just because of health reasons, but if you're not going to have him and you're not going to keep him and you're not going to re-sign him and you're not going to get anything out of him, you're over anyway and you're not making a playoffs, what the hell is the reason to spend the money to keep him? You're not going to do it. So sitting him at this point, he's got five weeks to get ready for the regular season. He is back. If you were telling me within five weeks, if he is cleared to at least get back to football activities now, if five weeks from now he's not back to back to on the field, then I'm sorry. You, you, I'm, with, I'm with Schmelrose who sent us something earlier this week that we could be looking at Barkley as one as a, a massive bust, draft bust at number two. Well, unfortunately. Uh- Unfortunately, we lost Mike. So, Dave, do you have anything to say about that? No, I, I would completely agree with you. I mean, you, you have the potential for the Giants to have two different top five picks by the end of next season. So, not but, the one coming, but huh? by the end of next season to literally be busts. So, you ended up with two top five picks, and they end up being guys that you don't even re-sign for a second contract. I mean, if you if you needed any more proof that Gettleman shouldn't be there, that 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 should be driving it home right there. And if you deny it, then you're just ignorant. 
Mm. And I want to put out right as you started talking. Oh, did so, I? Uh, it was a perfect segue. We just segued it right to a Davis end. Oh, okay. That's why it sounded like he was talking while I was talking. I heard fair enough. No, I think me and Dave were kind of on the same track here because I was kind of comparing the Barkley situation to Zeke and saying it's kind of a similar situation to him, especially the year that Barkley went was the year that you had the five quarterbacks that went. Obviously, two of them have like crapped out basically, but you know, between Allen and Mayfield and Jackson all being taken and Barkley at number two. Unfortunately, it was kind of Super Bowl or bust for him. And now he's kind of Aaron Moore on the bust side. Zeke at least didn't have that number of quarterbacks going out that year. But still, you're taking a running back in a top five, like Dave said, and I heard that. You know what I mean? It's not much of a difference between the two running backs. But let me ask you guys a question here. Um, because I thought about this. Someone had said this to me a couple weeks ago. So for the last few years, the Giants and the Cowboys have started off the season week one. They didn't do that with the schedule this year. Cowboys are playing Tampa Bay first week of the season, and the Giants are playing the Broncos first week of the season. Am I the only one thinking that I'm not, you know, other than the start of the football season, I'm not really excited for those games, and I would have rather just seen the Cowboys and Giants play week one? Am I the only one thinking that? Oh, no. I'm honestly, as a Cowboys fan, I'm not excited to see Dallas play Tampa because I think they'll get their ass kicked. Yes. But I also, I also think as a fan, if you want a true measure of what your team has the potential to be, why wouldn't you want to start the year playing the super defending Super Bowl champs on the night that they're, you know, it's mm. prime time football. They're getting recognized for winning their Super Bowl. Like as a Cowboys fan, like, hey, you know what? If we're going to have a shitty year, let, let me know by week one. So this way you guys can that's just fair. get your asses blown out and I know what kind of year that, that's coming. A division game, it can go either way every single week, no matter what the talent is on either team, because it's a division game. So uh, I'm more than cool with it. If I'm a Giants fan, I look, give me the Broncos. Let me start off one and up. Hmm. Well, I'm saying in terms of excitement level, I get, I get what you're saying on that. But in terms of excitement, I he's coming in. Um, in terms of excitement for the season prospect of getting my ass beat by the defending Super Bowl championships. Not all that exciting. And from Eric's perspective, because I want to hear you on this, like, does Denver really make you get up for that first week? Eric. Oh, Eric. It, it shows him. He's not muted, so he might just be cut out right now. So give us that. Yeah. No, at I least mean, look, if you're me. a Giants fan, how can you not be excited for your week one game no matter who you're playing with? Like, your defense was a be- one of the better defenses in the league last year, and with the offensive talent you added this year, it, you, you want to see it. Like, And Denver's going to have one of the better defenses yeah, I mean, in the league. Yeah, I got there you go, Eric. Go ahead. Are you, did, were, I think I was floored by the question. I think I, I, think I was stunned. I was in shock. Really? Am I excited to play the Broncos week one? Am I excited to play the crappy Broncos week one? Not really, because I got to be honest, I'm nervous for this game. If the Giants lose this game, if Saquon Barkley doesn't play and Daniel Jones doesn't, you know, isn't quite right week one, and this team comes out and flops to a 
well, we all equate to a less than 500 Denver team. It's going to pretty much solidify all my worst fears. No, I am not looking forward to week one. No, I am not looking forward to this at all. Like, Would I you really would... am not anticipating a very good year for the Giants. And, I, and, and the crazy thing is, is I know I'm the only one saying that. Like, I listen to everybody else. People are saying the Giants could win this division, that they're up there as one of the top two teams that everybody is picking to win this division. And they everybody thinks this team is the, the bee's knees. I just don't see it. And I think a lot of people are projecting Daniel Jones to take that next step because he has a few more weapons now. And the offensive line is still crap. It's garbage. Every year they try to fix it, but they don't do it. It's never fixed. They're crap. They're they're, they're, they're in the bottom third of the league. And I don't think they're turning that around this year. Plus, a bunch of those guys are still young. And I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen... Dave Gettleman's credibility with, with draft picks yet. And, and I'm not super confident in this team. I'm really not. I I, I know I'm in the minority with that. I know this team. Uh, cousin David's with you. Me absolutely wrong. But this team to me is a team of a lot of ifs and a lot of maybes if, if the chips fall right. But how often does that stuff happen? And I'm not anticipating it. I think this is the Cowboys division to win. So, no, I am not no, looking forward to week like one. That. Nobody likes to hear that. But I got to be honest, Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the division. <laughs> and if they can improve that defense a little bit, I mean, they can put up numbers with anybody. The offense isn't the issue. It's the defense. The defense can improve just marginally. They're going to be a better team than everybody else in that division. Mm. So, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be the favorite or should be the favorite anyway. Now things can change and whatever else we know Washington's going to have a pretty good defense this year, but let's be honest, Fitzmagic's never made the, play, the the playoffs in his career. So I don't anticipate this being the year that he breaks that, but you know, streak. Um, and yeah, I, I, and nobody really knows what to expect with Philly, but you're hearing some rumors out there that maybe they're in for Deshaun Watson and maybe they're going to pull some yeah. kind of move. Um, if they do that, then maybe they jump up there with the Cowboys as, as possible favorites. But who knows? Uh, I just am not excited for week one. I don't know how you can be excited for a non-division game against a crappy team. Like, it, it, what's excited? The thing that excites me more is that Red Zone's back. I'll be honest. I'm more excited to get Red Zone back that first Sunday of the NFL season than I am to watch the New York Giants play the Denver Broncos. Take that for what you will. Mm. All right, well, just so you know, you're not the only one who thinks that about the Giants because Cousin David is in the chat right now saying Giants fans will be jumping for joy if we get to seven wins. As long as Gettleman is there, the Giants will not make the playoffs. So you're not the only one. You and Cousin David agree on this. At least you're playing Tampa where you can root against Brady and everything else. Like, I I don't Uh, know. I think if you guys were playing the Broncos, you'd be with me and more excited for Red Zone than you would be for the Cowboys versus Broncos. Well, that goes back to the original point of the question. Would you rather see the Giants play the Cowboys week one or the Giants play the Broncos? The Cowboys. I would rather see them play an in-division game where it at least matters. And I'm like, all right, well, this game matters for a division down the road. Let's see what we're bringing to the table week one. Like, I'm a little more excited for that. I can't – I'm sorry, Dave. I know – you are a lot more excited about it, I'm sure, than I am. But, again, I think you have more to be excited about with your team playing uh, the defending Super Bowl champs in Tom Brady and the Bucks than 
I have was playing a crappy Broncos team with, I don't even know, Drew Locke at quarterback. Yeah, for now. Well, look, I'll agree with you. If I was a neutral fan, I'd still be more excited for Cowboys-Bucks than Giants-Broncos, uh, and I'd be more excited for Red Zone than Giants-Broncos. But, uh, look, I, I I agree with you. I think it's Dallas's division to lose. They, they have a scary more talent than the other teams in the division. But it's football, and that doesn't mean a damn thing when it's when the season plays itself out. But we'll we'll dive more into the NFC East when uh, we get to those divisions. But I do agree with you on that, and we can definitely take it a little bit deeper uh, when we get there. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to say this: Eric saying that this is the Cowboys' division, and Dave saying that this is the Cowboys' division to lose. I am fucking pissing my pants. I have no shame in saying that. Pissing the pants. Yes. That's correct. And this comes from Met and a Giant fan. Piss in the pants. Anyway. All right. So with that, I'm guessing that's doing it for football. Dave, do you have anything else sports-wise you'd like to bring up, sir? Uh, honestly, shout-out to USA. One more uh, one more uh, medals than any other country. One more gold medals than any other country. Um, men's basketball ended up pulling out the gold, which none of us thought was going to actually happen. Women's basketball pulled out the gold for the seventh straight Olympics. But at the same time, we're really the only country that invests in women's sports for basketball. So it only means that so much, but it's still impressive as hell. Seven straight golds for them. Um, outside of that, uh, I just think uh, I'm, I'm ready to start prepping for my fantasy football draft and uh, excited that football season's around the corner. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you want to take off now or not, but we're going to do baseball real quick. Eric, I know you got to get I out of here soon. All I, got, I know, and I gave you all I got on baseball already. I don't well, here's the thing. Stuff. You know he's in the chat, right? Yeah, only if he's going to come on and defend himself. I can bring him on. I can bring him on. I want to hear some remorse and some some him believing in this team now as they've now made a push and a run here, and they're they're looking like the actual team in New York who's going to make the playoffs now. So I'm just wondering to say after a few months of being quite negative on our team. Yeah, we'll we'll tag one David in for uh, tagging the David out, so. Uh, Eric, Eric, you know what I need to hear before I can hop off. Uh, you got to give it to Stay me. Stay sweaty, my friend. It, it completes the night. I needed it. So, <laughs> gents, I'll chat with you guys next week. Let me know what divisions we're going to do so I can be ready for it. Uh, so, uh, what well, is... You don't have to tell me now, Mike. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. But South. We're going to do the uh, South. We'll do right, the South. Is. But you gents have a good rest of the night, and I'll chat with you guys next week. You are pushing mm. off that Green Bay talk, aren't you? <laughs> well, you got to save it. You got have a good one, Dave. You got to build it up, Eric. This is part of dramatics and everything. I like dramatics. I like a little bit of spectacle here. You got to save the best. You got to save the best. I'm saying you let it marinate, you let it breathe a little bit, and then it's worth the payoff. But let me say this because I've asked to unmute cousin David twice now. So hopefully he gets the message that we want from here. All I say this, I just want to say. Nothing is set in stone. There is still over 50 games left of this baseball season to be played. The Yankees can Actually, do everything. The Yankees have 50 games left. You are correct. Yes, that is correct. They can win. They could do just about everything right. Still miss the playoffs. 
the Mets can do just about everything wrong. And depending on what the Phillies and Braves do, still make the playoffs, even though that is a slim chance. And I will give you that. A lot can no, happen. You don't have to give me this that. That's season the is stats. the stats say that now. Where for the longest part of the season, the Mets were the favorite to make the playoffs. The Yankees, the Mets are down to like I think. I like, saw uh, your te- I saw your text yeah. and everything. I get you on that, but all I'm saying is there's still a lot of the season left to be played. Nothing is set in stone. Anything can happen. With that, cousin David is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Cousin David, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Had a long, had a long day at work. You know, had had this webinar that I had to do. But as soon as it was done, I wanted to jump on to kind of hear what everybody was talking about. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, you've heard the last I want, week I want, because I want, I want you to avenge yourself though, because I want you to admit that you were too far down. That this team was not in rebuild mode. That it did not need to rebuild. It did not need to break everything down and rebuild. As I stated, they need a couple tweaks. Cashman needed to do something. He went out and got some left-handed bats since he realized, oh, shit, I have an all-righty lineup. Like, how did that happen? Well, it happened because you're stupid-ass analytics. So they went out and got some power lefty bats. Seems to have made the difference. Um, I know Rizzo's out right now with COVID. He'll be back. At least it's COVID and not something actually injury-injury related um, where he's going to be out for months or weeks. Um, like, you know, it's, oh, wow, that COVID or oh, wow, about what I said about it. Well, kind of, just because think of where we've come in a year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm just saying like, so yeah. So, I mean, yes, he has COVID. Yes. He's got to be out 10 days, but at the same time, I believe he's one of the players who's vaccinated. I believe it's not necessarily. He is not actually vaccinated. He is not vaccinated. So either way though. As long as he's okay and he can come back, I don't care whether he is or he isn't. That's everybody's personal choice. Just come I, back. And he can yeah, be I, after, I think, 10 days. He's got a test I, negative and let me, he can come back after 10 days. Let me say one thing before Cousin David goes. Cousin David, I want you to speak your full mind here. Eric, let him say his full point because I'm pretty sure I already know where this is going to go here. Just let him say well, it. All I'm Cousin- saying is that he can't, he can't, he cannot tell me that he did not say that this team needed to rebuild and everything else like this team. He was awfully down on this team, and I kept telling him not to be that this team with somebody else at the helm could come in and win 100 games. This team still had talent, that this team was a tweak or two away, a couple moves away from being right there and back to being, you know, a contender again. So I just hope that he's at least ready to admit that this team didn't need a rebuild. Okay, well, whatever he says, you just let him say it. Just let him say it. Go ahead, Cousin David. Look, you know, the, I'm not going to say that they haven't gotten better. Yeah, they've gotten better. Um, I think Brian Cashman was forced into doing um, kind of from deviating from the game plan. Um, I don't know if they're still using – I don't know if they're heavy, heavy into analytics anymore. But, you know, I'm, I'm basically not – I don't want to sit here and say everything is better. Is this a couple of band-aids? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure both players, Gallo and Rizzo, are free agents next year. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what happens then. Do the Yankees sign those players? The history has shown that they don't. They're both over – I believe they're both over – well, one, I think Gallo's 29, Rizzo's 32. His, history shows that the Yankees usually don't sign players that well because they're kind of hitting the latter part of 30. Um 
I think Brian Cashman kind of forced his hand. Um, I think he knows he's going to get fired uh, if this team doesn't doesn't make the playoffs. And I think if they just make the playoffs, um, which they might now do, um, even if they exit, even if they win a series, I don't see Steinbrenner keeping uh, this regime going. I could see him still cleaning house uh, because everybody, I just want to make the point that everybody thought this team was was going to do well and we kind of saw what this team did and you know all all because they're 12 games over five 500 after after getting two power bats um i don't necessarily know if it's we should be celebrating uh you got two power bats and you're only 12 games over you still well, hang have six on, hang games on. i don't want to cut i don't want to cut you off i really Go don't but I also want to say that I did say earlier when I was talking to just Mike on the show, I did say that it would be still a failure of the year and they still would need a regime change if this team made the playoffs and made a push but didn't get to a World Series and didn't win a World Series. That the Cashman and Boone could, could and should be gone if this team doesn't achieve what they're supposed to achieve. So I'm he right did. there with you thinking he that. Did. I didn't know if, that. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, he did no, say I that. I wanted to just yeah. say that I do agree with you on that point. That it's still not a it's still not a positive for Boone or Cashman if they don't go out and win a World Series. Like that's what they made these moves to do, and they even came out and said afterwards they made the moves they made to get it bringing Gallo and Rizzo to win a World Series, not just make the playoffs. Right. So by their own by their own standards, either do it or it's time, it could be time for a change. So I agree with you there. I just wanted to point that out. So I was just. Just so you don't think we're, we're different on that aspect, yeah, we are no. actually on the same mindset on that. No, Eric, look, me and you have, have you know, we've agreed the last couple of weeks more than we disagreed about the Yankees. I I think we're both, you know, still, quote unquote, dis, disgusted by this because we thought the team was supposed to be better. My point is that, and, you know, the last seven days, what, Joey, Joey Gallo sitting uh, – 185. Uh, you know, he's got five hits and 27 at bats the last seven days. He's I think they're all, if I'm not mistaken, though, I think they're all extra base hits to his, to at least like his, you know, to go towards, no, no, no. you know, him. No, 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 no. Well, no 185, but... I can't really defend, but at the same time, at least they're all extra base hits that matter right. and not necessarily just singles and, and that's it. Yeah. I just, I, I just, you know, I think, I think they're getting better. But they're still six. They're still six games behind Tampa Bay, and they're still uh, two games behind Boston. They still have to leapfrog two two teams. I I don't want to just sugarcoat this and and say everything's better. I think Brian Cashman did what he had to do. He had to spend, and he had to and he and he had to get those two bats. Even he though, actually didn't though spend, he, though. He, he, Rizzo and Gallo's contracts were picked up by their teams. Up. Right, right. I didn't mean spend. I meant actually go out and do something because the last couple of years, the Yankees really haven't been that active in the trade deadline. Granted, Major League Baseball hasn't really had an active trade li- deadline like this for the last several years. But I can't remember the last trade headline where the Yankees actually went out and got like two big players um you know maybe 95 with david cone maybe 2000 with david justice um um, i i can't think of another year i mean if you want to count 2002 raul 
Mondesi, but I don't even know if Raul Mondesi is really an Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I Rizzo didn't even good, remember but, that. But, 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 but look, you know, you know, Rizzo is sick. He's got COVID. I, I was somewhat shocked that he wasn't vaccinated considering that he was a cancer survivor, but that's his personal decision, but it is affecting the team. Um, you know, it does affect the team when, when you're out 10, 10 days instead of whatever the protocol is for vaccinated players. But Rizzo was, was like a real jump starter. And this could, uh, the Yankees could start backbending again. You know, we'll actually see what happens, you know. Well, listen, I will say this. I, I was waiting for Cousin David to say he still feels they need to rebuild. Because I'm pretty sure you've said that to me at some point. But he didn't, he didn't bring that up. So I no, listen, look, I'll, look, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, at 62 and 50, after getting two top players, well, probably one player, I wouldn't really consider Joey Gallagher a superstar. Rizzo, no. I would put. Rizzo, I would put in that category, but I think yes. everybody's stats are. And Rizzo has been but... excellent. I think, I think, cousin David, you can agree. Rizzo has been a really, Rizzo's really great. good addition to this team. And oh, Eric, Rizzo's I want you, I want you to know, I told cousin David when that deal happened, cousin David, you and me talked, and I was just like, dude, you guys just forgot fucking Anthony Rizzo for nothing. He's going to be fantastic yeah. for you guys. I yeah, freaking, but... I yeah. Go ahead. Let's see. Let's see if Brian Cashman signs him, or let's see if another GM signs him. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't necessarily know if I'm if I'm gonna want to break break the bank for a thirty for a thirty two year old first baseman. We all can we agree though? Can we agree on something though? To Eric, to Eric's point here, it's not about next season right now. It's about doing what you got to do to finish this season out strong. Nobody gives a shit about this right. next season. Right now, it's all about what happens in this season. I understand that, and that's yeah. true. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I would probably still re rebuild this team. Um, I don't know if you sign Rizzo. I don't know if Aaron Judge gets signed. I don't know if many of these players get signed. I don't know who I would sign. I mean, Aaron Judge is hitting two two. 278, he's the leading hitter on the team. Granted, I know with the sticky stuff and, and all that stuff, the averages are 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 down. But, you know, let me ask both of you. Are you comfortable giving $200 million to Aaron Judge? I love Aaron Judge. I don't, I don't know if I'm – and that's not even my money. I don't know if I'm comfortable giving him $200 million or $300 hmm. million or whatever, uh, whatever Francisco – Lind, uh, Lindor got $340 million. Am I comfortable giving Aaron Judge $340 million? He can't even stay on the field the last five years, if you look at it from a, a five-year plan. He can't. Hmm. So, Eric, I'll, I'll let you answer that. I'm, Go ahead. I, again, I'm not worried, though, about five years from now or two years from now or even next year at this point. Like, like Mike said perfectly, right now I'm worried about this season. I want to win it this season. Then I'll worry about what happens afterwards. If Judge can finish out this season healthy, and you know that'll mean he'll probably play what 140 games or better this season. You know, probably his healthiest season since you know that rookie year, pretty much. Um, I, I think that maybe he gets starts getting more worth some of that money. I don't think he's ever going to get the the Mike Trout money that you know he could have once gotten, but maybe. 
I just, you know, it depends on how good the Yankees want to treat him when that comes up. But I'm not worried about that right now. This team needs to win now. This team needs to prove it now. If Rizzo wants a deal, he's going to prove it now. But again, I, Rizzo's another guy that I don't think anybody out there is going to go out there and break the bank for Rizzo. I think he'll be a guy that you're going to get for, believe it or not, I think this is a reasonable number in baseball now, but $20 million a year for a few years, $25 million a year for a few years, five years. You know, you could see that deal for Rizzo. Uh, you know, if he finishes out strong here, you know, you could see that thing happen, you know, especially if this team wins. It all depends on what they do. If they fold and they suck and they get hurt and nothing happens, then, yeah, obviously all the contracts go down the hill. The better they do and the better they perform, and if they can go out and put a championship on top of it, guess what? It's only going to add more zeros and more dollar signs to, to their bank accounts. That's right. all it's going to do. So um, it's all on how they finish the season. But either way, they have to finish it strong. Or, you know, maybe you see a regime change. Maybe you see something happen. But, again, this team has way, 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 way too much talent. It's not a team devoid of talent. You're not looking at this team like they're the Miami Marlins. You're not looking at this team like you're looking at some other teams around there where you're like, ah, they don't really have the – the Yankees have the talent. They just haven't put it together. And, again, I've said it. It's accountability, leadership. I think maybe that's something Rizzo can bring to the locker room in this team. I think it's something he started to bring. So I really feel like the change in this team started to happen around that deadline. And, you know, I, I think that that's really what we're going to see now. I'm 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 excited for for this team and the way they could possibly finish the year. I know right now they're beating up on bad teams, but that's what they need to do. They got to beat up on the bad ones, and you know play the play the good ones tough. Their their biggest issue is they haven't played the division well. I think they're maybe 24 and 30 inside the division, something yeah. stupid like yep. that. They're they're not doing well in the division. Outside of the division, they're beating up on people. So I I think that if they get started to play well, and it's, it's some of the teams that they've historically played good against that judge and Torres have absolutely used to lump up and own Camden yards, haven't owned it this year, haven't beat them up. So, I mean, I think that's been your biggest difference right there, but I think the second half of this year, as this team starts to click and turn it around, if they start getting hot now and run it through September, this, this team can make a run. And I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I think this is Tampa's division to lose. But I think they're going to end up in one of those two wild card spots. And that's really where I'm going to predict them ending up. But again, I still think they're going to end up around that 90 to 92 win mark. And that's not far off of where I predicted this team to start the year. I think I predicted them at like 95. So, I mean, when all said and done, they're really not that far off of the mark, even for as shitty a start as they, as they had. Hmm. To put a bow in this conversation, because Eric, I know you got to get going. David, do you think this team makes the playoffs? Um, no, I don't think <laughs> it does. I think close. He's holding but strong. I don't, Listen, I, don't I respect that because you're holding strong. Because you thought about it, you thought about it, which made me think that you, you're thinking like, well, I already said no. So I think you stuck with that because that's the original, what you originally said. So yeah. that's the reason I, I, I can at least, I, I can admire you for standing by that prediction. We're Aglioloros. We stand by our convictions. Go ahead. Can I just say one thing though? It, it, yeah. It, it kind of, it, it, it's kind of maddening too. Cause it's like, you kind of see how they've played the last two weeks with the, with, with these two bats. 
And it really makes you think, like, if they would have had a better manager, they probably could have played better. And I know, Eric, you also talked about this, too. They need a manager who's going to get in people's faces and say, hey, take this seriously. You don't need some you don't need Aaron Boone, who's like an who's like an all shucks manager. Um, I'm actually going to throw out a name and I'm actually you guys are going to think I'm nuts. But I think I I think if Aaron Boone gets fired, I could you know, I would really like to see. And I don't know if he's interested, but Paul O'Neill might be a very good manager. I has love he, how Paul has, if he played. wants it. I don't know if he wants to come out of the booth. Uh, I, 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 I he's would, never I been a coach be, before, right? He's never he's never been a coach. But guess what? I saw both Aaron Boone and Paul O'Neill play. Because I'm showing my age now, I guess. I'm I'm not, I'm really not that young. You're the anymore. same age as all of us. You're only a year younger than me. You're the same age as Eric. Come on. Right. But Paul O'Neill played with heart. He played, he was pissed off. He hit that water cooler and he was mad at himself. And Aaron Boone played, eh, you know, whatever, right? I I I would rather Paul O'Neill managing this team with that same fire and that same grit. And and let me tell you something. He would get in Aaron Judge's face. They need he a would Billy Martin, get is what you're saying. Well, not necessarily Billy Martin. We need a Paul O'Neill because Glaber Torres is laughing too much. He needs somebody like a Paul O'Neill to say, hey, stop messing around. And this team, I think, would react to that because Paul O'Neill's got four championships, three or three or three or four championships. The players will re- respect that. Because right now, none of these players have zero none of the, none of these players have any championships. So I think that would be the better option. Rizzo. 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 You okay. know what he Rizzo. meant. You Rizzo. know what he meant. Just saying. You can't say yeah. nobody in the locker room. That's fair, but you know what he meant. I don't consider Rizzo ago, part of I think clubs. he brings that leadership to the locker room now that they were missing before. Because you're absolutely right. And Cousin David, that's what I was preaching for months and months. Is that this team had no fire. This team had nobody getting in their face, yelling at them, screaming at them, telling them they were doing stuff wrong. Everybody was just too hunky-dory. Shucks, guys, we'll get them tomorrow. Like, you know, nobody giving a shit. They need somebody in the locker room to give a shit. So I don't know if Rizzo was the total move. I think Rizzo was the start of a move because I think he's a guy who can come in and be like, dude, we're supposed to be a championship-level team, and this way you guys act. Like, I think think it's, (laughs) it's helping to straighten some of those guys up in the locker room and getting them to focus a little better. And I think you're seeing that with the difference in the play on the field. So I'm... Like I said, I'm I'm super high on this team right now. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. They're 12 over. I think they could do even better than that. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for for more Yankee baseball and the possibility of uh, the actual possibility as the season goes on of of being a playoff team. I think that we're we're really not far off now. And if they keep as hot as they've been, they they're gonna make it there by the end of the year. So it all depends on how they finish up. All right. Final thoughts, Cousin David. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping they make the playoffs, but I just don't see it yet. I don't I don't see it. 
All right, man. Well, I mean, like Eric said, you've been consistent throughout this year, and you know I know you, so this is this is how you do. So you stayed that consistent, so we got to give you that. So, all right, man. Thanks a lot, Stay Cousin swimming. David. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Stay safe. You got it, Cousin. All right. I'm only going to take two minutes to talk about the Mets here because I don't want you thinking that I only talk about them when they're doing quote-unquote well. Even though, again, I've also been pretty consistent about what I've been saying about this Mets team for the last three months here. So, unfortunately, you guys were telling me to enjoy the ride and everything for a while there. I told you something like what we've seen the last couple weeks could happen. And I, I don't like it when I'm right. Unfortunately, I've been right here. Because, Eric, let me ask you a question. Do you remember what I told you the three things that were going to hold this team back at the beginning of the season were? Um, hitting bullpen and, uh, management. Well, that was technically the fourth thing. Defense was the third thing. Okay. Defense was the third thing. I that was, was tech. You were close. You were very close. Yes. Hitting, hitting with runners in scoring position was number one. But yes, you were very close on that one. There's not much of a difference on that one. When you get the bases loaded and all your fans know that you're not going to score any runs, that's a fucking problem. I told you going back to that Yankee series, that doubleheader, that Sunday doubleheader, where we won that first game, but we traded the lead back and forth with you guys a couple times. And one of the times that we gained the lead, we had the bases loaded. We only scored one run. We still had the bases loaded. Alonzo comes up, doesn't do a goddamn thing with the bases loaded. You guys take the lead back. He winds up doing something later in the game with one guy on base. But if he did something when runners were in, when you had the bases loaded, I'm sorry. If you have the bases loaded, I don't care if there's no outs, one outs, two outs. You have to come out of that com that situation with at least two runs. And the fact that everybody who watches the Mets right now knows if they have the bases loaded, they're coming out of it with no runs, that's a fucking problem. And the fact is, it's not that the Phillies and Braves have gotten so much better than the Mets. It's that they just decided to wake up. And I told you that was going to be a problem. Like, the Phillies have won eight straight games. It's not that they're so much better than the Mets. Like, obviously, they just swept the Mets this weekend. Played much better than the Mets this weekend. Mets only scored five runs this weekend. Wheeler had a complete game shutout on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Did they really score that many more runs than the Mets? No, they didn't. The pitching actually did not too do, do too bad. It was the hitting that did nothing. Right now, the Phillies are acting like I do, when I overslept sleep, I get the call from Eric. Hey, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You need to get up. And I come on and I hit that open and I do that open and I sound like I'm on all sorts of cocaine. That's what the Phillies are doing right now. So the idea that the Mets still can't recover and win this division, that's not true. Do I think it's a good chance they're going to do it? Uh, I'm a pessimistic Matt fan. Of course, fortunately, I'm, I can't say I'm confident that they will. Because, of course, Baez got hurt with a hip injury. Don't know how serious it is. Have to check to see if he's actually playing tonight, truthfully, because I, I did have the box score up. They were losing 3 to nothing to the Nationals because, of course, they were. So I have to check that. 
I don't think it sounded serious. I know Rojas sounded like he was having. No, Baez isn't playing tonight, so God only knows what's happening with that. But the idea that the Mets can't still win this division, I'm not there yet. I'm not canceling the season, to quote KFC and Clem on the We Gotta Believe podcast by Barstool. I'm not there yet. It's not looking good, though. But as I said before Cousin David came on, Nothing is set in stone. There's still 50 games left in the season to play, 51 for the Mets, to be clear. So the idea that the Yankees are a legitimate lock to make the playoffs, that's not set in stone, and the Mets are not a legitimate lock to miss the playoffs, that's not set in stone. I will say it's a better chance that the Mets make, uh, excuse me, the Yankees make the playoffs than the Mets. There's still a lot of season left to, left to go here. Mets play the Nationals, Dodgers, and Giants over the next however many games. So it'll be very interesting to see how this goes. All I will say is I've been very consistent in how I feel about this team. It's high time McNeil, Dom Smith, and Michael Conforto start to get on their ass and play like we know they're capable of playing. Because what they've done this season is goddamn freaking just completely disgusting when you see what they've done the last few seasons. It's disgusting to watch. What do you guys say, Eric? I say, isn't Steve Cohen supposed to be the difference now, though? Isn't like this supposed to be the new start of something fresh? But you know as well as I do. You know as well as I do. All that means is that the person... But also, what I was going to say was... You can loosen the purse strings all you want to. It's on the players on the field to actually perform no, up to the expectations. No, it's to bring in the right talent. And that, they, that's something I don't know if they've always done. So I thought signing Lindor was the right move, so I can't fault them necessarily for that. Um, I'd like to see what moves they make this offseason. Because, again, like I sure. was just said a minute ago, I don't think Rome was built in a day, so... I can't expect all of the moves to be made by Cohen in one season. So I think that it's just going to be, you got to wait, but you got to keep seeing if you're ending up with more of the same or if you're going to get something different. I think, and it's been a big worry for the entire time since the, the hire got hired of Sandy Alderson. You're, you're retreading old tires there, and it's not it's not good. You got to get away well, you, from Alderson. You know, you I never said, dude. You know, I never said anything to the contrary on that. You know that, oh, right? No, no, I'm not saying you yeah, did. yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah, yeah, did, but it, yeah. But that's the, that's the issue right now. If you want to know the issue with this Met team and the reason they keep making the same moves and some of the same mistakes, and you're seeing some of the same patterns, it's because. The ownership changed, but the leadership didn't really. Well, you want my honest opinion on that? The more that has come out here, (laughs) I feel like he put Sandy Alderson in power to satisfy the rest of the owners who were concerned that Cohen was going to take over and just completely outbid them on everything. So you put Alderson in power and you appease the owners and you make it look like, oh, he's got a baseball guy who's going to control him a little bit. Yeah, I do a really good baseball guy, though. He won two championships with the Oakland A's, and he brought them to the and Mets. The A's in he, the eighties. But in still, the 80s you look at any organization. You look at any organization that man went through. He 
brought them to respectability that they did not have before. Look at the Padres in 98. He was an advisor on that staff. He was there with the Padres in 98 when they went to the World Series. They, they didn't win. They, running it. Huh? Isn't the position of, isn't the, the ultimate position of power. It means he was on the staff that won it. Hey, still, he still, he brought an air of credibility to that team that they did not have before. Which is now garbage. Like he did, garbage. Well, sure, but still, he did it with the Mets. He brought them to the first World Series they had been at in 15 years. Yeah, all right, they didn't win it. But he put that team together, and he kept that team together. So the idea that he's been garbage for the Mets, no, I don't agree with that. The idea that it's a retread when you bring him back after uh, before this offseason, you know I've said nothing against that. I agree with you on that. I do feel like this offseason is going to be a major house cleaning, and I said this a few weeks ago, so I'm staying consistent on this. I wonder if that was just to appease the owners, and now that he doesn't have to do that because he's already got the franchise, now we're going to see Cohen and Power after he got his feet wet. He dabbled in it a little bit. Now he can put in his people. And I want to see how that goes. But as far as this season goes, McNeil, Dom Smith, Michael Conforto, and Pete Alonzo to an extent. The idea that you go into these, this season and you don't have the expectations that these guys are going to do what they've done in the past. Conforto, uh, excuse me. Alonzo, 50 home runs his rookie season. McNeil, over 300, his three seasons in the league. Dom Smith looked like a budding superstar at the end of last season, and Conforto has shown flashes. He made an all-star team in 2018. So the idea that you don't go into this season thinking that these guys are capable of carrying your lineup with a Lindor, anybody would have thought that. I will challenge you if you say different on that one. Obviously, these guys are not performing the expectations right now. I'm not saying different. I agree. There should have been expectations. Yeah. O'Neill should be playing better. Alonzo should be playing better. They should have more hitters on this team, and they just don't right now. Conforto, Nimmo, these are guys that they, they've wanted to contribute for a while now, and you know, you've seen flashes of it, and you look at a guy like Alonzo who was in the home run derby and blah, 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 and he, mm. you know, and he was on. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Doing, I'm sorry, know, Eric, 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 hang on a second. Let's be honest. Alonzo was on fire after that All-Star game. He hasn't been the last week. He was on fire after that All-Star game. For what, a week? And now he's not. So, again, it's worn off. But I'm just saying, these guys are supposed to be, you know, not just studs for a week or two. They're supposed to be studs overall. This, these sure. guys you're counting on. Sure. To be hitters, and if they're not going to hit, and Lindor's <coughs> not going to hit, then of course you're not going to score runs. Well, he was but hitting yeah, before. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think they're all underperforming. Not that they didn't. The Mets. Nobody thought the Mets didn't have talent. They thought they did. They thought Alonso was up and coming. Everybody thought McNeil was up and coming. Everybody thought like can't trade those two pieces. You need those two to build around. Then you go out and get a guy like Lindor, and you, get, you think you're starting to make moves and Conforto. You're like, all right, we're going to start turning a corner here, and then it just doesn't happen. Mm. I will say, I will say about McNeil, the fact that they've switched him from hitting fifth and sixth and seventh and, you know, maybe they'll put him in second. The fact that they've tried to switch him all over the course of the lineup that has done him no favors whatsoever. And that goes to something you said. Uh, you guys don't like Aaron Boone, think he's the wrong manager for this team. Luis Rojas is not the manager for this fucking team. Like, I'll take Aaron Boone in a fucking heartbeat if it means we get rid of Louis Rojas. 
without question. Did I get cut off? No, no, oh. I, I don't disagree with you there. I didn't know if that was really a question, so I wasn't sure what you were. Well, I, I maybe not, but I thought you were going to chime in. So, yeah. All right, that's all I got to say about the Mets. I don't know if you have anything else on that. No, the Mets, I just, you know, I think they're coming back down to where they should, you know, where everybody thought they would be or where I thought they would be, you know. Um, I think the teams that are rising up, I mean, Atlanta, Philly, you know, are, you know, I think have equal to or as much talent as the Mets. And I just, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know. I think that, that this is, this was the Mets division to lose and they're, they're losing it. They're finding a way to lose it. I think it's better that this happens now though, because I don't want to hear people saying this was a collapse because this wasn't a collapse. This was just something that unfortunately, if the Mets didn't get some themselves set right, you knew it was going to happen at some point. I think there's a difference between the inevitable happening and a true collapse. You agree with me on that one? Yeah, for now. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. All right. We can end it on that there. Do you have anything else you want to throw in, Eric? No, that's it for me to name my friend. All right. Yeah, it's 9 o'clock now. We should end this. So that'll be it for us here. Uh, thank you to Dave Hastings and Cousin David for being here. Eric, as always, always a good time with you, my friend. Do you have any final thoughts? No, stay sweaty, my friend. Stay sweaty, my friend, yes. Suicide Squad was a good movie. Really liked it. Um, watch it again. I'm going to watch it again this weekend. I'm probably I'm going to try to watch it again on Thursday. Like I said, I started rewatching that series that you know I like on HBO Max, so... I just started the third season. I just I, I watched the clips on YouTube. And like if you ever watch clips of a show you like on YouTube, they only show like a minute, two minute clips. And just if I watch enough of those sooner or later, I'm going to start rewatching the episodes. So I started doing that again. And yeah, I've kind of been doing that. when I get home from work. But Thursday, I'm going to try to rewatch that uh, movie because it was a good one. I want to see it again. But anyway, thank you to everybody for listening to us on YouTube. Uh, excuse me, not YouTube. Excuse me. All our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. We thank you for listening to us, no matter how you're listening to us. For Cousin David, Dave Hastings, Eric Tressler, I am Mike Aglialoro. Thank you once again, everybody, for listening, and we will see you all next week.